Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's all streaming now on Hulu. <coughs> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Stealing jokes. That Mm. seemed to be a big issue with with comedians. Oh, yeah. They steal jokes. Do you ever stole somebody's joke? Nah, I ain't never stolen about a joke. Cause I don't really, I talk about me a lot. Right. So it's hard for me to steal somebody with a I, I talk about Wayne. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, you good, bro. You okay. Good. Yeah, you good. Uh, do y'all party hard, the comedians? Nah, I don't really hang with, I don't really hang with nobody. I hung with Kevin Hart, went to his party. Right. You know, Kevin, Kevin Hart party was fun. Like, it was a perfect party for me. But nah, I don't really hang, I don't really hang with comedians. After everybody be in their own world, and then when we have shows, that's when we get around each other. We just laugh. Everybody go out there and do their right. set, you know. But now I tour by myself. So. Right. Nah. So I, you, we were talking about it earlier, and I want to get back to this. There were some OG comedians that mm-hmm. were saying things about you. Mm-hmm. You picked up. Hey, bro, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, I called. I called Phase On Love. I was like, Hey, man. This is Why? Up. What is it with Phase On? Why he in it with everybody? I think Phase On trying to. I think he don't figure out the internet. He trying to get his name out there, huh? He trying to get his name. But dealing with Wayne, he don't know you dealing with the wrong one because people knew me. Right. Like, he was talking about my special trash, but he don't know. He think I just started this. Man, them jokes, so I've been, I know them jokes were hitting because I don't took it around the world and toured it. Right. When you do a special, he should know this. They ain't no loud tracking my special. Right. They really laughing that hard. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They laughing so consistent, it was, they tried to, because, you know, you can't laugh. You, they can't laugh when you talk at the same time. Right. So you got to try to, and my comedy is I'll beat. So he ain't know them. The problem was all my shows, da, 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 them jokes is I already tested. But he thinks Wayne, he's he trying to get in the loop, but he ain't got enough information. He don't know what's going on in the loop. So he trying to get hot, but he ain't got his information right. So he sounds stupid. But why does he care? He ain't paying for a concert ticket. He, he don't have to man, listen to your... He ain't up, man. If I had his career, I'd cry. <laughs> if I've been doing comedy, comedy like a woman, right. it don't want you. Right. If you've been doing that that long, bro, it don't like you, dog. 
<laughs> if your biggest thing is an elf suit, <laughs> and you bragging about being in these people elf suit. Well, I mean, he what I mean, he what he did play worm. I mean, he did play big perm. Listen to that. Big perm. If you a grown man and you still graduating, uh, graduating I mean, um, bragging about a big worm, big, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. Bro, I've been in the game a few years. Yeah. I don't ran it up and I got my audience. Right. And I'm good. And you, and I feel bad for him. Come like, man, bro, you ain't got to do that. Cause I'll show you the game. Right. I, I'll show you the game. You know what I'm saying? Comedian, every comedian I get around, listen, man, you phase on love, get on here and do this and that. Start doing skits and this. I'm going to show you the game. But you don't got to. He, he, he when, trying to bad by But you. I don't get mad because at the end of the day, when you up like this, and you get so much love, the hate got to come with it. Okay. The hate got to come with it. But now you just. Okay. I'm you learning. Look, you, you, look at, you looking like a fool. Yeah. Because you don't got the information. You don't got no information. And now you sounding stupid, man. Like, bro, you just ain't. You just ain't good. You just anytime you've been doing this this long, bro, you you ain't good. Right. Cedric Entertainer wrote the forward for your book. Yeah. How do you get Sid to do that? How long you known Sid? I know Sid for. Uh, I know Sid. You know, I've been a fan of Sid for years, and then we had a situation doing a TV show together, or whatever. But uh, man, I hit him up. He came to one of my shows. Mm -hmm. He came to one of my shows and seen me. How I rock my show. Right. And a lot of comedians, once they come to my show, they'll see what's up. Right. You know, um, and he came and, and I had that book come out. And, and you know, he showed me love. All the comedians showed me love. Kevin Hart hit me up. Now, comedians competitive. Like, Kevin Hart made me say, I can't call you comedian until I see you do stand up. My special drop, he called me and said, Bro, you a true comedian. You know what I mean? Wow. But Face on Love just, that hate in his heart, man. I'm like, Bro, you, bro. I called this man and he was like, no, nah, man, man, you good. Then a month after that, you still talking. So that's when I left it alone. Like, oh, you trying to get some clout. Right. But bro, you just ain't good. <laughs> you you just ain't. If you've been doing it this long, if I try something this long and ain't rewarded me yet, yeah. I'm gonna check myself. Now that's a hobby. You know, that ain't no day no occupation. Right, you still come to clubs. But I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? If, if, I, I'm in theaters. You say you call yourself a professional golfer. You ain't out on the tour. Yeah. So that's a hobby now. Man, you just, and I don't got the tour already. Right. You know what I'm saying? He don't understand who he was dealing with. He called out the wrong target. Right. Because you dealing with a, I'm a winner. Right. So you you, you ain't at the wrong target, bro. You just you just ain't like that, bro. You ain't been in no big roles. Right. You think I'm the who calling you a legend? You know what I mean? Because you ain't you ain't one of the ones. Mm -hmm. If 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 Faison fell out fell out the earth, we, we gonna put him on shade room for a minute. Not not come in. Oh, he was so good in the ice cream truck. But we gonna forget <laughs> about. It. <laughs> Give me your Mount Rushmore comedians. Mount Rushmore? Oh yep. my God. Dead or alive. Give me well, a Mount Rushmore. But that Mount Rushmore got to go long, though. No, you ain't got but four heads. You know, come on, Wayne. I know you've been in school a little while, Man. but you only got four heads. Got, <laughs> got to put Eddie Murphy up there. Okay. You talking stand up or just movies? Comedy. You're, you're, you're Comedy. Mount Rushmore Mount, comedian. Hey, I'm going to put Mount Rushmore comedian. Eddie Murphy. Okay. I got to put, oh man, I got to get more. I got to, you say it's four or five? Four. <laughs> got a dog, Shannon, man. Eddie I Murphy. think you know how I do you this. I give, give me your top five then. All right, Eddie Murphy. Okay. Go off and mess you up. Eddie Murphy. Man. You don't say Eddie three times. I, he can't be but one. <laughs> I got to put him here. To me, he didn't miss in the movie, man. Chris Tucker. Okay. Cat Williams. Okay. Kings of Comedy. 
You can't put our farm in there. <laughs> man, you doing, hey, Wade? That's group, man. <laughs> we can count in the country, Wade. Damn. I'm not going to mess you up there. No, but all those guys, man, everybody, man, like, I'm a comedian. I see the greatness in all of them, you know what right. I mean? And I just think when it came to a lot of them, I tell everybody about this before I even did my special, I watched Pimpin' Pimpin'. Cause I did my special two, with it, two, two different ways. Right. And people don't understand, Cat Williams' cadence transcended to the new generation. Right. See, it's a new sound in comedy now. Right. Because back in the day, like in hip hop, be right, I was chilling with the, and she would vibe. But now it's like, you know that I'm chilling, you know that I'm vibing, you know that I'm sliding, you know that we drinking. It's a different vibe. Right. So Cat Williams' cadence was already there. That's why I pimpin' pimpin'. So I took some of that, like, because uh, before I did my special, uh, um, me and Trevor Noah, got, we had the same manager. He called me. He said, um, uh, his manager, Derek, was like, Wayne, make sure you slow down on your special because I say, I did it that way. But I looked at it, I, I did it the other way because it's them beats. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's different times for different folks. But some people's timing was already there. Mm -hmm. Like Eddie Murphy already had talked like that in, in the movies. What you doing? What you talking about, man? You know what I'm saying? So it's just some people, and I just think it's different time for different folks. But right. I think every, I think all, I think every comedian, I think every comedian, funny. Even Phase on Love, he's still funny to me. You right. know what I'm saying? Now, if I was, if I went to a comedy show, you want my type to go to, right? But you still funny to me. I can see why people think you funny. Cause I got a cousin that act like that. You see it in everybody, right. but you know, it's different strokes for different folks right. when it comes to comedy, bro. Right. Com comedy, the most, <clears throat> they tell you it's the hardest art, but it get judged the most. Cause people think just cause something ain't funny to them. I don't like it. A Taylor Swift song come on, people are like, I don't like that. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. It's a lot of people who do. They don't like it, they love it. And that's why I tell Face on Love. It's a lot of people that don't like him. <laughs> he's probably selling the least out of everybody. <laughs> I know don't come to club prices, buddy. And you still live them. If I wasn't come to club that long, it ain't, you know what I mean? Come on, bro. You don't you don't feel like doing no five show a week. And talking, you just got to hush. Yeah. After so long, you've been in there that long, man. Like, come on, man. You talking about the wrong one? I'm up. Your first Netflix special. What did you learn from it? What I learned from that Netflix special? What I learned from, um, boy, the internet powerful. That's what I learned. I learned, man. Netflix take you to. Now it, I've learned, but internet powerful, but Netflix open you up. To, a whole to the world because I ain't all the deals and conversations and the stuff that I got it was because of the special right uh, I learned Netflix is just it's a different world it's more it's more broad than just my audience mm -hmm. you know and I learned man you know it's, 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 it's a big world out here right you know what, what can we expect with the new tour the King of Heart the King of Heart tour man oh the truth you know what I'm saying the King of Heart tour because now I got that part out of me a lot of that my special was an introduction. Mm -hmm. You know Wayne. Now you finna get to know Wayne. Wayne. You know Wayne. You know about his life. But through this special, you finna get to know how I think. Mm -hmm. You finna really open my mind and see how I got to where I'm at. And I don't play. You know what I'm saying? You finna really get to know, boy. He believe in Jesus. Right. But, hey, man, uh, I'm slapping the other cheek. <laughs> you ain't turning. You slapping the other cheek. I'm slapping because he said, turn up. When, he, when Jesus said, turn the other cheek, I read that different. I mean, when somebody slap you, the other cheek is on that person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to slap the fire up. <laughs> Yo, that, that, that's what they about to learn about Wayne, bro. Yeah. I ain't, come on, bro. Right? That's why I don't bother nobody. I don't play like that. Right. I ain't, man, I was, I was so personal. The reason why 
I don't joke and Joan because I'm too, I, I'm going to get too personal. I'm be like, bro, I'm flyer than you. You know what I'm saying? I, I look better than you. I get, you know what I'm saying? I get the paper. I, and then if, it don't, if that don't work, I'm like, you can't get women like Wayne. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to get personal with that man. So I'm just like, this is what they finna find out about me, how I got here. I don't protect my family just because I'm nice and believe in Jesus. They finna see the lion. So that's what the king of heart tour about. Why I got the hearts of the people and I ain't just got the flesh. Cause a lot of people got moments. Right. I've been hot the whole time I've been in this game. Right. I ain't feel out, like, I ain't did this yet. Every year I make more money than I made the year before and I'm always bigger. It ain't too many comedians could go on tour by themselves and sell out a theater without 30 people on the flyer. Right. You know what I'm saying? I did that. This is my, this is my third tour of Live Nation. Country Wayne on the flyer. And, and you know what I mean? And that's what they finna find out about that I don't play them games. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm here, to, I'm here to work, bless the people, bless my family, and I don't really play like that, man. You don't curse in your stand-up. Mm-hmm. Do you curse at home? My, my kids got all my curse words. <laughs> they got them stuck in them. But, you know, um, no, I don't really curse. I don't really curse at home because I practice it so much in my right. comedy that it just, I naturally now just don't curse that much. But, you know, Sad didn't really curse. He started, he cursed, he had a little curse to his, uh, so, I might when I get old, I'm probably when I get old, I'm probably gonna cuss the hell out on that stage. I'm I'm gonna start cursing. Cause they're gonna make me curse in a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna start I'm I say when I get older, man, I'm gonna start I'm probably gonna start letting it loose. Do you uh <clears throat> do you ever worry about getting canceled? Nah, man. Cause I ain't scared to lose it all. You know what I'm saying? I lost my mama, so I ain't scared to lose his money or this fame. So right. that's why I think it, it always rise. Right. Cause whatever you fear gonna happen. So I'm like, how you gonna counsel me if my father is God? Wow. I'm like, how? If God is my daddy, how can you control my destiny? Right. If you counsel me for something, that means I wasn't supposed to go over there anyway. So I'm not, I, no, I, don't, I don't feel that. Cause then I'll be trying to dodge everything. Right. No, I don't feel none of that. Cause this, the way, this ain't what feed me. This is what God using to feed me. Right. So if you take this away, I'd be having, I'd be building fireplace um, grills. Mm-hmm. Right. And be the number one fire. I don't, I don't did a lot of things. Right. And God don't show me. He show up in everything. So man, I ain't really. Nah, I don't, I don't move like that. Just hilarious. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, should I bring her name? Oh, you can bring her whatever you want to bring. I mean, you know. Yeah. You want to talk about that? No, man. Listen, brother. I just want to know. I just want to know. I come out of look. Anything I, I ain't messy. Anything you want to talk to me about? I, I think ain't. But this but, sofa is. Ever since Cat Williams touched this sofa, <laughs> the energy in this sofa it make me want to talk about it. I mean, I did. I don't know if you heard, but she was on Cam Newton's show, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, y'all was in a relationship, yeah. and you know. She had to wake you up one morning because it had gotten out that y'all were together. I mean, you want to you want to laugh. I mean, she told her side on his show, and you want to tell Jess, your Jess, like I always told her, she never tells the one hundred percent truth, and I let her do that. Okay, but I tell her the other day. I say, Jess, man, and I got kind of pissed. I said, you got to get more going on in your career so they can start bringing up my name right. in your interview. Wow, because when I come, Netflix special, his book. You know what I'm saying? This going on, that going on. We don't got to down each other. That's been, man, that's been five years ago. Right. If that's the main question in your interview, well, we got to put some work in. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because right. when Country Wayne come, when I go on Good Morning America, this they, is the last, they, they, we don't talk about so much before we got to that. Exactly. You feel me? I'm like, man, we don't have And I, I was comfortable not talking about yeah, it. exactly. But you- and I'm like, you can't 
it's not working in your favor. Right. People go pretend it, but they watching. They see Country Wayne is taking care of black people movement. Don't let the people fool you. Right. They ain't on your side. I'm like, it, 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 ain't, it ain't working. So I was just like, man, a lot of that that she talk about, I let it slide. But, man, that stuff ain't play out like that, right. man. You know what I'm saying? I separated from my wife. Right. When it got Jess. You know what I'm saying? And and that was it. I started talking to her. Right. And I got divorced. My divorce was 45 days. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, me, me and her started talking. And then all the stuff she talking about on there, because my baby mama hit me up. She was like, can you please ask Jess to stop talking about that? Because now the kids are hearing it at school because right. she keep. Bringing it up, and mm-hmm. that's the only reason made me hit up. Right, I'm like, Jess, man, I ain't never said nothing negative about you, and everybody know that. Right, let that ride. Right, you know what I'm saying? But she want to be the winner. I'm like, Jess, just be real. Cause Charlamagne asked me one time. He said, How you lose Jess and Larry? I said, How she lose Country Wayne? Only catch. Right. What you talking about? Like, let's be real. My my baby mama's yeah, they fine as on the what? Jess fine too. Right. But I've been had them. She ain't had no Country Wayne. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, let's just let's stop that, man. First of all, it's two black people talking. If you're going to speak, just speak the truth. Because this sofa right here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just, no. But I'm like, I'm like, man. But nah. she did say, you know, she woke you up. No, nah, that ain't. Come on, man. That ain't happen, like that? happen like that. That not happen like that, man. That divorce went so fast. I filed in December. We was we, me and my baby mom was divorced by February. But at that point in time, when you had separated from your wife, you had started talking to Jess. Yeah, I had started talking to Jess. Okay. You know, all this stuff came out in the shade room. A lot of that was after that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she just, she say, we woke up. And then she was like, uh, I tell him all the time, his stuff corny. I'm like, why you got to call my stuff corny? Because I got a different audience that follow me too. Right. You know what I mean? I got the streets in the church. Okay. Ain't too many artists got the streets in the church. You know what I mean? Man. What I be seeing, what you be talking about, you be making on social media month. That ain't nothing corny about that. Ain't that ain't nothing corny, but see, that's that mentality of people from a certain, it's like, this, this world think this world corny. This world think this world corny. I think Martin was a good show and Big Bang Theory. Right. Uh, two uh, different audiences. Just because you think Friends corny, when they get the million episode, you ain't going to never grow artistically because you think only what you come from is good. Right. And that's the problem with everybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. like, bro, you going to call this corner just because I ain't cursing because I'm finna get this in-stream ad money? Well, y'all keep going on tour. Yeah. Got to keep catching why Wayne sit home in the bed spending time with his kid. You know what I'm saying? Making this guapa. Now, I'm pretty sure you probably had an accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So now you're on the east side of Atlanta. Yeah. You got an accent. How how receptive were the kids to you? They used to teach. I got in a fight on the first day of school. I, oh God! They, from the jump? Yeah, they they was used to tease me. Okay. Like I went to Dunnell Elementary. That was the first elementary school I went to. Okay. So we get to the. I get on the bus or whatever. They start talking to me. So they making fun of me on the way to school. Okay. So we get on the bus to go home. They making fun of me on the way home. Okay. So we get off the bus. Like one of the one of the older dudes like his little brother was the main one so the older brother was like like um said something like basically like shit fighting so we get off the bus i beat him up so the girls all the girls they run and tell my mama okay at the door so i your sisters no no kids in the neighborhood kids in the neighborhood okay so they run they tell my mama because they started i i really was kicking a lot they started calling me taekwondo kid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a true story on my mom. Okay. So 
So I they um they run to tell my mama. So I I'm trying to drag my feet to get home now. Right. So I walk to the door. She grabbed me by my ear, put me in the house because the girls were still there. Right. Telling her the story when I got there. So she, I just remember her grabbing me by my ear and then like throwing me in the house, like right. type shit. And then that was it. I ain't get in, in, on punishment. You ain't get no punishment. Nah. She didn't ask you what started it. Uh uh-uh. uh. So you, so I not from my memory. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Right. She probably did though. Right. But from what I can remember. I just remember getting pulled. You know, you only remember of course. the parts you remember. Like, right. I just remember the air. Like. So what do you think was the biggest? Obviously, you're very young, so you haven't experienced a whole lot. It's not like you're coming here, you're 13 or 14. So you haven't had a whole lot of uh, uh, your five or six years of age. I think you're seven at this time. Yeah. So is there a big culture shock? Do you notice anything different about being in London as opposed to being in East Atlanta? The most shit that I like that I used to like. What I remember changing mm-hmm. was the size of everything. Okay. Like, I remember, like, in London, like, our bathrooms would be, like, this big right here. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then I remember, like, we were still, we was in the hood in on the east side, too. Right. But it was just, like, a size different. Like, mm-hmm. like at my grandma's house in London, I could touch both sides of her house like this. Wow. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But over here, it's, like, it's more space. Right. I remember that. And I remember getting in a car to go everywhere. Right. In London, we used to take the bus and the train like mm-hmm. everywhere. I remember like we always was in the car when we got here. So you had an accent. I'm assuming. Where, so where did you fall in the ranking as far as your siblings? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming. You, so you, man. So if you're seven, that means you got three brothers and three sisters. That means, man, you got some babies. You got yeah, some. They some, was three. Like, cause it's a it's a three years age gap between me and my little sister. Okay. So if I was seven, she was probably like three turning four. Right. And then my little brother was still a baby baby. Right. And then the other three was born in America. Okay. Feel what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. So did you see, feel a sense of responsibility because you are the oldest? You, you, I mean, even though you're a child, you're like, you're the oldest male. And so do you feel some type of responsibility that you needed to like, okay, I need to be the man of the house, even though I'm only seven years old at the time? I think so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I was naturally like a protector mm-hmm. type shit. Yeah, for sure. So what did your mom what did your mom think about that? So the type of relationship that because like you said, you're the oldest. Your mom is in a new in a new place, and granted, there are a community that came with you, but you the protector because you like, okay, I gotta look after my mom, I gotta look after my brother, my sister. Did did your mom tell you anything about that or you just instinctively took that on? I think it was just like instinct for the most part. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like it's just in my personality too, like just like take care of everything. I don't right. know why I'm like that, but I think just naturally like I developed that because like my whole life I've been like that. Like right. since I was old enough to like get out and do what I need to do. Right. I always like took care of my mama and right. my siblings and shit. Right. Yeah. Do you feel that? So was your, when you were in London, do you remember much about your dad being around? Yeah, I remember my daddy used to come get me like every weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to be over there. Because that's like where a majority of like my cousins was at. Right. On my on my mama's side, I only got like like three, four cousins. Okay. But on my daddy's side, it's like 30 of them. Right.
Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Don't miss the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, set in feudal Japan. Shogun tells the story of one warrior in the fight of his life as a mysterious European ship arrives in Japan. Catch FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. The Veil is a globetrotting game of truth and lies between two women with thousands of lives hanging in the battle. And crime fans, don't miss the all-new series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and is waiting for you on Hulu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's like like my oldest cousin, Taran, he in the wheelchair. Okay. I remember like following behind him a lot. Right. Feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's my daddy's side. Right. So, so you, so in other words, you really love spending time with your dad's side of the family because that's where all the cousins were. That's where you got an opportunity to run and play and just have a good time. It was just deeper. Deeper. But my mama's side too, because right. like my cousins on my mama's side was bad as hell too. Oh. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But it just wasn't a lot of us. Right. Like it was just me, Kyron, and Jerome. Right. We was the only boys on my mama's side. On my daddy's side, it was more but well if it's only shit it's just different side well see if it's only three of y'all the trouble is only going three places so it's you you or you when your dad's side is about 30 of y'all so you can blame a whole bunch of people oh god (laughs) (laughs) so growing up in the east side on that side of town rappers gucci man future oj the juice man rich homie kwan childish gambino did you did you know any of those guys when you were growing up you had no idea about these i seen gucci before okay um yeah, I seen Gucci before, for sure. Right. I seen him at Church's Chicken before, like when I was real young. Right, right. Yeah. No, Miss Winters. I seen him at Miss Winters. Miss Winters, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
zone, I mean, the east side, that's zone six. There's a lot going on. Yeah. East side of Atlanta. There's drugs. There's a lot of killings. Did you, so what did your mom, did your mom try and shield you like, son, you can't be out this time of night? So what, what did she tell you about the area that you, that you guys like, we're going to call home now? I don't, I used to be outside. So I don't remember like her just like, the only time it'll be a problem is if I got in trouble in school. Right. But other than that, like, I wasn't like one of them when the street light come on kids. Like, right. My mama used to let me figure it out because in London, it's the same shit. It's, it's, it's damn near worse. Right. Because it's like concrete everywhere. You right. see what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. alleys. It's, it's the inner city. Mm -hmm. So in London, I used to be outside from what I, well, that was when we went back, though. Right. Like, from before then, I don't remember being outside okay. that much. But, so, like, nah, she just used to let me, like, let you figure it out. Figure it out. Then I used to be with Skinny. Okay. Well, his real name Aaron. Okay. I used to be with him and he was older than me. So he was like my big brother. Right. And like, so as long as I was with him, she would give me a little more freedom to do shit. Right. Like as long as he watching over you, you good. Did you always gravitate towards older guys? Yeah. I always hung with like people older than me for sure. Because you felt you were more mature than guys, than, than young guys your age. Yeah, for sure. Cause I was older, I, I had to be. I'm the oldest, right? So you naturally like a little more mature than mm -hmm. you have to be. Cause if you're not, you're gonna get in trouble, right? So how was the struggle when your mom moving here? Obviously, in a different in a different country, obviously times were diff difficult for you guys. Did you realize how difficult times were for your mom and your family? Yeah, hell yeah. Like I remember when we first moved. Um. You be smoking cigars on here, don't you? You go ahead and take off. All right. This your just your joint. Let's go ahead. <laughs> but I remember like um when we first moved over here, like before we moved to the neighborhood where I went to elementary school from. Okay. We would move to another neighborhood on the east side. And I remember like my mama and her nigga, well, her man at right. that time. <laughs> okay. They used to sleep on the bottom bunk. Okay. And all of us used to sleep on the top bunk. Okay. We used to share like we shared an apartment with one of their friends so okay. it was a two-bedroom okay i we didn't got evicted before i remember we were coming home and our stuff was outside in front of the house right like growing up like um i ain't never had my own bedroom till i was probably like 15 years old or something mm -hmm. like I, we all shared a room like for probably from like first grade till like sixth grade we sh I, it was they had a room. My mama and her man had a room, mm -hmm. and me and all my siblings had one room okay. in a two bedroom apartment. Then like I don't know what happened. They got a little motion, and then we moved in the same apartments. But we used to call it across the bridge. It's like the other side of the neighborhood, right? And we had got a three bedroom. So okay, they, okay. The boys had their own room, and the girls had their own room. And then I met my other big brother. When I moved over there to Vars, right, they stayed under us. They mama used to do the same thing. Oh man! Oh God, get the broom and bang the roof. Oh God! Right. I had Ti on the podcast. Ti said you asked him for a million dollars, and he said no, because he said that I would have to take more from you. Yeah, he was still trying to sign me though. Ti's a cheap as hell. <laughs> he gonna try to. <laughs> but I did. He. He sent me an offer. Yeah. And I, my counter offer was, I want a million. 
Right. And he was like, shit, I'm going to have to take so much from you in return. Right. That it ain't even worth, it ain't even going to be worth the men in the future type shit. So he actually saved you from yourself. Facts. Yeah. I look up to T.I. Because T.I. one of them niggas. He rich as a motherfucker, but he tight as hell, boy. <laughs> That's how he keep that money, though. Right. He's smart with his money. You had a platinum album before you signed your first deal. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're in, you, you're in a very favorable situation because you got, you. I mean, it's not necessarily you got to do a bad deal because you already got a platinum album. It's not like a situation you're looking to get signed so you can release an album. You already got the album. Was it platinum or, or was it gold? Gold. 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 Had I had platinum, platinum singles. singles. Yeah, but I had a gold album. Right. Yeah. But you straight. Yeah, for sure. So it kept, so that kept you out of a bad deal. Yeah. Cause I was like, it was like all type of street niggas I was supposed to sign to who right. had like little labels and shit. Right. But some just used to tell me like, man, hell no, nah, I don't take no thirty thousand, don't take no fifty thousand. Right. Like you worth more than that. Right. You end up doing a seventy thirty split, right? Yeah. Yeah. With Epic. Right. Yeah, that was my first deal. It was like seventy thirty, but like they had like a ten percent distribution fee or some shit. Right. Yeah. So what, what's your take on streaming? I hear Snoop Dogg say, "Man, look here, man. Them streaming, you stream a billion and." Man, you ain't really making no money. What's your what's your what's your what's your thoughts on streaming? Um, I think it all depends on how your deal structured, cause it's some money in streaming. Most money it's, streaming. It's just about like how your deal structured and how much you stream, type shit. Well, it seems to me to gotta be some money in it, cause my label be giving me some money. Okay, I was, I was about money. to say, cause the way you talking, you talking like you got a structured deal that you be getting. They got to be making money because right. they giving me money. Right. So it's some money in that shit. Some real money in it. Let me ask you about your catalog. Future sold his catalog. I think he sold it 65, 75 million. Is that something you'd be interested in at some point? Yeah, probably later on down the line for sure. Yeah. I only got a couple albums right now, though. Right. But you going to stock it, it on up? Get it. it depends how, how much my hustle, how I apply my hustle. Right. Cause shit, I might fuck around and invest in something and become a billionaire and, and be able to pass my catalog down to my kids. Might right. not even have to sell my catalog. Right. I'm looking at the, the XL uh, freshman class. Lil Easy Vert, Yachty, Kodak, Denzel, Curry, Herbo, David East, Lil Dicky, Anderson Pack, Designer, and you. Boy, y'all hit a lick that year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, y'all hit a lick. Yeah, for sure. It was some stars on that cover. Do you uh do you do you ever sit back and like man considering what you, your story of how coming to to Atlanta from London or the East Side your upbringing there's a lot of things that could have happened that this didn't happen do you ever sit back and like damn man this shit, I'm no <laughs> savage all right yeah yeah sometimes yeah but I'd be like I still got to keep going though you still trying to grind yeah but I do be like appreciative though I do sit back and just daydream sometimes like down this shit could have went this way or this way type shit right sure. had the pandemic not happened would be a residency with usher would that have happened mm. it was gonna happen it was, it was about yeah it was it was gonna happen we had plans for it to happen okay and right as we were in the process of launching 
you know, I think I was in France at the time and it was just this mm -hmm. crazy outbreak. Came back to America and then before you know it, we were quarantined, you know, and I'd been working on music. So I've been kind of ramping up to something, right. whether it was new music, a new tour, and we all felt like Las Vegas would be an incredible reintroduction of new music, also to celebrate and legacy. But it turned into something far, far more than that, man. Right. You know? Right. We're here at the Nomad Las Vegas, right down the hallway um, from where you're performing your residencies tonight at the Dolby yep. Live yep. Park MGM. My daughter, whose flight was delayed, wanted to be here, but I'm bringing her tonight for a birthday. <laughs> so when you caught a lot of flack, God, you know, the women come and you know, you come with your singing. daddy or come with your sugar daddy. No, 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 this, or this come is my, with your husband. This is my actual, this is my actual <laughs> daughter. I'm very protective about this one now. So, I ain't got my two girls, but I'm very protective of us. So, don't be, don't be messing around. So, <laughs> the, the criticism, I mean, you're just having a good time. You say you got your things on. I mean, are you surprised that you've gotten the criticism and the blowback that you've received? I don't know, man. I, I just know that this juncture of my life is just about having fun. You don't even care. No, it's not that I don't care. It's that I want you to know that I'm having fun. And that is a part of me having fun, okay. being out in the audience amongst the fans and also to the people and feeling that energy. I don't remember the last time that I've been to a show like that. You know, mm -hmm. I know that we all feel good when we go to Frankie Beverly and we, you know, we all dress in our white. <laughs> we go out there and we enjoy each other and, and, and on the aisles and have a great time. Right. But like what an artist comes out and just is amongst the people, you know, this arena gave me an opportunity to be able to be closer to my fans because right. I had been, I had put out an album in almost six years, right? So now being able to reconnect in that way, you know, obviously it spun into something that became, it gave me a new, uh, a new title. Yeah. Uh, I think Charlemagne the God named me like the domestic terrorist. <laughs> I'm like, bruh, I'm just, this is a, this is yeah. actually a Usher show, right? Well, you said you can feel the energy. You can't feel the energy for them husbands and them boyfriend giving you the evil eye? Well, like, you need to back up. Nah, they actually cool. The guys that are there, you know what I'm saying? The girls, they get a little rowdy. I'm just saying, but you know, it's, don't leave your girl around me. I said, come with your girl, you know what I'm saying? Come with your daughter, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bring your wife. <laughs> but, it, but yo, by, by the way, I, again, it's all in good fun. Right. Man. And the whole purpose and point is to bring that energy to Las Vegas. When I look out and I see my people, I see, you know, I see us doing something that I don't feel, I don't feel like it's been done here. Right. Like, the black dollar is strong in Vegas, sure. man, more than it's ever been. And the cast and the and the crew and the feeling of what this has built has been a celebration. So, you know, nah, I didn't I don't know if I was able to even look at it uh, as a negative. And then anything that has happened in terms of the girls who came up there, rather it was Tarazi P. Henson or, you Kiki. know what I'm saying, Kiki, you know, Palmer. You know that woman had just had a baby and she was I mean, she wanted to get out and have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Should you not feel like you, you know what I mean? Like you, you should get out with your girls and enjoy yourself. You should, right? Yes. And there you have me to sit your usher. <laughs> oh, you, you ushering them into a good time. <laughs> you taking that lid. I mean, you going too far with this. You know, the ushers help you to the chair, or find just, a seat. I'm ushering you to a good time, baby. You know what I'm saying? Come <laughs> okay. have, have a good time with me. No, but. <laughs> Working but, out. Yeah, man. I talked to Steve Stout <laughs> yesterday, and he said that when you getting ready for a show that you would train chasing the U-Haul and they're playing confessions because you are an entertainer. You're not just sitting on a stool singing. You're moving and you're every word and you're dancing, you're doing all these dance moves. Yeah. Bro, 
how you able to do this night in and night out but, and you still got them 20 year old knees yeah i know man it's like the condition and it's no different than you know football you know what i mean you got to really have the you know, you gotta have a core. And right. You gotta make certain that you can sing and right. dance. So part of my moving and singing and running mm -hmm. and doing some of these things that are probably not a part of the, you know, the build of artists. You know, right. that type of artist development is something that I learned. Mm -hmm. I learned it from a guy by the name of AJ Alexander, the guy who actually discovered me, uh, who was uh, Bobby Brown's bodyguard. Right. <laughs> so. As a kid, he had his kids in Atlanta, right. and this was our training. Like it was like boot camp. Singing wasn't yeah. just like, oh, we gonna get out here and just jam and sing the girls. Right. No, you gotta like. He was like putting us through straight right. boot camp. So you had to learn while you had to learn to sing while you're tired because you're running and like you said, it's boot camp. But I, yo, I just think that that generation of entertainment, it was different. You know right. what I'm saying? And I had been in a group before, and we as a group. You know, we worked in the same way, you know what I'm saying? We played basketball, you know what I'm saying? And we got our wind up. Or when we were working, we would sing and dance and, and move around. He would have us running and singing, all of that kind of stuff. That wasn't uncommon. That's not an uncommon thing if you consider yourself an artist. Right. That is part of artist development. Right. And if you want to be able to get out there, sing, dance, not miss a beat, be on key, that's the type of work that you got to do. Right. You know? You you mentioned you were born in Chatt you were Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. You moved to Atlanta at a very very young age, and you, you said your mom. I read where you said your mom like kind of quit what she was doing to devote all of her attention to you. And you said your mom was like kind of hard on you and making sure that's what you wanted. Where where do you where did your stance? Because we see Richard uh, Venus and Serena. Richard Williams was very hard on them. We hear we see Tiger's story. His dad was hard on him. And then I see Dwight Howard trying to push his son, and he gets blowback. So where is Usher? If your kids, how are you going to be with your son? You say you got a son that's playing basketball now. How is Usher, the parent, given where he came from, knowing what he knows, how is he going to be? Man, I deal with the same, you know, issues that any parent deals with. Kids who are influenced by, you know, the things that they see, the things that they get into. But the one thing that I do is care for my kids. Yeah. Right? I view disciplinary, you know, you know, kind of measures as something that is preparing your kids, especially black kids, for, you know, the reality of the world that they're living in. You know, I hold you to a higher standard. You know, I personally hold you to a higher standard because I know what work it takes to be great. Mm -hmm. And for parents who do that, you know, look at the evidence, look at the incredible, you know, artists, the incredible athletes that were created in that moment. This generation may not necessarily have the same respect, but God bless the coaches that we have. God bless the mentors and stuff that we have that motivate our kids because it almost puts this pressure on parents to not be parents. Right. <laughs> no, nah, that's it's it's a hard dynamic, especially if you come from an industry where you know what it takes to not naturally kick into that mode and say, yo, if you want to do something, you want to play basketball, you got to run at a certain rate. I'm going to push you. If you really want to do this, you got to show me. You're going to show up on time. You ain't on time. Give me push-ups right now. What? Yeah, give me push-ups. Run these laps. Run these suicides right now. You serious, Dad? Yeah, for real. And I'm not playing. And if I catch you, if if I get if I get there before you do, you gonna give me a hundred extra push-ups. Wow. It's, you know what I'm saying? That's right. just that's just the nature of the you know of the animal that is inside of who we are as as I don't know, man. As as entertainers, as athletes, you know. So I don't I don't I don't look at any of that kind of disciplinary kind of measure 
uh, as a bad. I do think it's equally important to talk to your kids. Okay. If you're going to push them that way, then you got to love on them just as much. You got to explain to them why you're pushing. There you go. That's right. They got to know that, yo, my dad's going to push me to be great. My dad's going to talk to me as well and help me understand why he's pushing me the way that he is. But how is that? Because you have to understand you're in a totally different situation than what they are. Your mom. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Don't miss the full season of FX's epic limited series, Shogun, set in feudal Japan. Shogun tells the story of one warrior in the fight of his life as a mysterious European ship arrives in Japan. Catch FX's new international spy thriller, The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. The Veil is a globetrotting game of truth and lies between two women with thousands of lives hanging in the balance. And crime fans, don't miss the all-new series, Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events, starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. Under the Bridge tells the haunting story of a murder that lays bare a small community's darkest secrets. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and is waiting for you on Hulu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from prime tears. <laughs> prime tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You didn't have it like your kid's dad has it. Right. So they're looking because you're like, man, I gotta get my I gotta get my mom out of this situation. I want to have. Well, your kids come home, they got a six-car garage, they got 25,000 square feet, they got nanny, they got maid, they got chef, they got they got all yeah, of that. Yeah. <laughs> that that is that is a harsh reality, which is more the reason why you got to be harder on them. Um, but mindful that their normal is different than our normal, right? And the access that they have is greater and grander, and the expectation is actually higher. That's the one thing that I have empathy for my children, especially the ones you know that 
Yeah, I named my son Usher. So every time he's out, obviously there's that pressure. Um, you know, I've even battled at times, you know, my kids, sometimes they don't want me to come. They don't want me to be at the, you know, that basketball game or their recital, or they want to be very, very low key because they don't want that energy. They don't want, oh, dad walked in the room and took, you know. All, all their focus off of me. Yeah, and it's hard because I try my hardest to have that empathy, but I want to be there, you know what I'm saying? Countless times being able to just sit at the back of the room quiet, you know what I'm saying, is keep myself as small as possible and and be as quiet as I possibly can. You want to be a parent. Yeah, man. Yeah. But it's, it is. it is. You're right. Like that that access and that reality that they're looking at, it gives them some expectation. And unfortunately, I can't take it back. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I walked so that we could ride. You know what I'm saying? And now that you're riding, you know, I want you to understand the importance of walking. Right. <laughs> did you always, at the age of 10, 11, and 12, you're on Star Search, um, did you always know you wanted to be this? Well, which part of this do you mean, right? Because This, the guy that's sitting across from me, that's internationally known, that goes and sells out every concert, the guy that's almost at 100 shows at a residency, the yeah. guy that's doing the halftime show, one of the, the king, the king of R&B, this. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> but let me give you a little clarity, right? Okay, okay. No, I don't know if I I don't know if I was prepared for any of it, but I know that I was dedicated enough to stick to it until something happened. And then something that I didn't expect happened to become a businessman, to then understand entrepreneurship, to understand philanthropy, to understand empathy, to begin to understand the other side of it. Um, I wasn't prepared for that. I knew that if I set my mind to anything, the affirmation of me once saying it and actually making it happen, willing it to happen was something that I was committed to. As a kid, yo, I walked around and my mother used to tell me all the time, you need to stop telling people that you're gonna be a big artist. I'm like, why? That's what I believe. This is what I think about myself. If I don't believe it, nobody else would. Correct. But you don't have to say it. It ain't happened yet. I'm like, but I want it to. So let me just manifest it. I must keep saying it until it actually, you know, becomes the reality. And I'm gonna not only just say it and expect somebody to give it to me. I'm gonna take the long way around. I want to work for it. I want to be able to say I earned it. You know what I'm saying? I remember the first time that I saw you, and I didn't know quite know who you were. I saw you in Nike Town in Phipps Plaza. Man. I used to see you in Gucci all the time, and you always sing. I was like, man, why this dude singing? Man. I'll, be, I'll, I'll be like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, and you were just singing and singing man. and singing. And I was told my sister, I said, man, I saw this, 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 uh, I mean, you couldn't have been no more than like 16 or 17 tops. Yeah. I said, I saw this, I saw this kid in, the, in, in, in Nike Town, and he was singing. I think, I think he might be something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I was auditioning or what. You know what I'm saying, but I was, <laughs> I was, I was preparing for my moment. You right. know what I'm saying, and I think that that's, that's the plight. You know what I'm saying. To anything that you want to be great at, you have to make it a, you have to make it a process. Like it, it's, it's a part of your every thought. Like. Right. If you want to play basketball, you always bounce on the ball. If you want to play football, you always readjusting. You always managing. You always ready and alert. You know, if you want to play sports, it's like you have to stay activated and stay active. As an artist, it's the same. And, you know, I'm also too haunted by the idea that I had this talent. So it's naturally just coming out. It's like you can't help but right. just be who you are. You, you know? had this talent. Obviously, in high school, normally when you have a talent 
everybody is not as talented as everyone else. So were there hating going on with, with you in high school? Did people hate that you were so gifted? Because you're in a talent show, you winning. You know that. You're not losing a talent show. No. <laughs> so, so they're like, then they're like, okay, you okay, you won the last five talent shows. You're not entering this one. No, but that's what makes you great, right? The fact that you know that there's opposition. You know, if you're playing on a football team, right? You're gonna go out there, you see that you you up against some dogs, you know right. what I'm saying? You gotta go out there with a different attitude. You gotta like believe it. You gotta like be it. You know, and by the way, I had a hard, hard trip, bro. My name was Usher. Like, yeah, like I don't, I don't have like Marcus or Derek, <laughs> or like Eddie or something like that. Like, I, I was already like an outlier. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, wait a minute, you walking around with this name, and they weren't nice to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Usher, what's up, Usher? You want, you want an Usher board? You know what I'm saying? A Hershey bar? I was like, man, come on, man. All right, that's cool. That's so, <clears throat> so what was dating like for Usher in high school? Dating, um, it was a bit difficult, you know what I'm saying? Because I just you so can say you can swoon them, yeah, I know, but you know, I was just trying my hardest to stay focused on my actual goal, and I don't know, man. I was, you know, I was just trying to figure out how to get to the real goal, you know, to have a girlfriend that was cool, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would definitely impress the girls and see, see, them. I do, I do. Get it out you. I knew I'd get it out Of course, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I just, you know, it was, it wasn't about that, man. I was focused, bro. I was like, I need to, I need to stay focused. And I, I, I have a goal, you know what I'm saying? When I figured out, oh, this is really what I want to do, I think I was willing to make the sacrifices that were needed. And while I wanted to enjoy, you know, having relationships, it was like, if I find a girl that I think is really cool and I can learn something from her, she can learn something from me, then we can help each other. But for the most part, I ain't. Yeah, man, I ain't. Yeah, we can help each other out. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, 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 I there was a, a phase where I was girl crazy. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, man, I just, I was trying to figure out how to get as many numbers as I possibly could because I wanted to be a player. You know what I'm saying? From the Himalayas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I wasn't really focused on, on, you know, that too much. Well, you know, ATL, we run in the music game, right? Absolutely. We on top of the world. Yo. <laughs> How does that, because you're part of that. Yes. I mean, you can't, you can't tell the story of Atlanta music without mentioning Usher Raymond. No, man. Mm -mm. How does that make you feel? Man, we did something, man. The Ace, man, listen, the South got something to say is what Dre said, and we've been saying it for a long time. You know, and, and, and the potency of that, you know, I think that I think it's great. I think more than anything, again, there's this transition and this focus just for me. And I think it should be a focus of more artists, you know what I'm saying? To really focus on the other things that these genres or Southern music and entertainment breeds. There's an, there's an entire movement and feeling when you come to Atlanta. Right. Right? The world needs to know that. That's why I brought Atlanta to Las Vegas. Wow. You need to understand it. No different. Like you look at Cirque du Soleil and right. all of those shows, right? They celebrate their culture, whether it's in Spain or wherever it is. Our culture is the same. It might not be marketed the same. It might not feel, oh, because it's culture, but all cultural things eventually become something that's commercial. And I wanted the world to be able to see and celebrate who we are. 
how we get out, what our music feels like, what our energy is, what our experience is, you know? I am bringing my daughter to tonight's show. <laughs> so if you would, like, you know, a song that's appropriate for someone her age. She is in her 30s. I'm not, she don't want me to tell you exactly how old she is, but. She's not married? She's not married. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm customizing, you know, I'm, I'm customizing this moment. The one comedian that we've been sitting here doing this interview that you hold in very high regard is Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle walked away from 50 million. You said it was more, tell the story. That's right. I want no, let you tell it. No, you're, you're No, I want you to tell it. You really are the best. You're proving it here today. <laughs> as much as I'm proving it, you're proving it. You're proving it. Um, yeah, that wasn't the thing. It wasn't... People say that. He lost $50 million. No, no. That's not even close to what happened to this dude. And until you understand what happened to the dude, you don't understand what happened. Like, no, not they offered him $50 million and he turned it down. Who gonna turn down $50 million? Now, I've had to turn down $50 million four times. Four times. Just to protect my integrity and that virgin hole I was telling you about. <laughs> right. Because uh, P. Diddy be wanting to party. And you got to tell him no. Oh, you got to tell him no. I, I did. I did. Oh, See, I got the receipts for everything I'm telling you. That's why I can I, say I'm yeah, so I mean, can, freely. Can, 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 can I need another one? You here, get your number two. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Come on. Because early on, you was accusing me of being. Can't. Man. Can't. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, but you know, some of these people. Martin tried to put me in my first dress. When he had to go on his hiatus, he tell me, Kat, when I come back, I need you. You my young partner. You my brother in comedy. When I come back, just promise me that my next movie, it'll be me and you. We're going to do it together. We're going to do some buddy cop shit. I said, Martin, you got my motherfucking word, my nigga. Go do what you got to do. When you come back, I'm in your movie. Don't trip. I don't need to see the script or nothing. You know, we get in that office and this fool pull out Big Mama's house, too. I almost died. And I got to read this script from all these good white people. Where this nigga want me to get in a dress with him. And I'm literally saying to everybody, why is he in a dress again? You already played the old lady as an FBI agent. We can play anything now. We can be playing a dog catcher this time. Why do we need to be in a dress? And I get so mad, I say, you don't want me. You want Brandon T. Jackson. And that's who they went and got. Twice I said it, they went and got him. Just like I'm telling you, I had that other dude's work. I had all of it. All I did was say, I want to punch it up so it's not offensive to real niggas. And that's how I got in this position. I sure hope I have a uh, club Shay Shay after this year. <laughs> it's gonna be in a dimension that's never been. Yeah, it's gonna be. A, it's gonna be <laughs> the greatest thing floating in twenty twenty four. Mark the words. No way. In a in a whole different realm of business. <laughs> Oprah coming next. <laughs> <laughs> Once I establish this as a place of truth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Watch. Watch. God's people ain't that few. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but Taraji P. Henson got extremely emotional the other day. She was giving an interview. Yes. And saying that they're vastly underpaid and say the math is not mathing. They get X amount of dollars by the time Uncle Sam get his cut, by the time the agency get their cut. And what you see they were supposed to get is a fraction of that. Where, where, where do you come down on that, Kat? 
It was the saddest thing ever because imagine, imagine being in your genre, in your sub niche, whatever it is. Imagine being in your lane. Imagine being one of the very top of your lane that to the point where if they don't take you for the role, there's not three black actresses that they can say are bigger than you that we're going to give this to. Imagine you being at that point and have to humble yourself and say, they're not paying me, y'all. And they not making my pay go up because I'm doing better or nothing. It don't matter to them that I'm famous and people know me or nothing. They want to pay me exactly what they paying the new girl. And I've been suffering under it for a, de a decade now and just taking it. I just been getting whooped. But I just got to come say this is wrong. <gasps> oh. We should be ashamed. But this is a country where we don't pay the teachers and then we say the kids is the most important thing. You can't have both of them. If you do that, we're going to end up with a generation that can't read. Guess what? Generation Z and A can't read. Why? Because who was giving them a book? We got an iPad or a phone. And now the letters don't mean the, there's no cursive writing. Right. Sorry about that. So, yeah, it, this is what period of time it's in. It's uh, the period where the victims get to say... <clears throat> They've been hurting me for a long time. And I just ain't said nothing because I was trying to be strong and I didn't want to shame anybody. When our people call out for help, we got to understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like we, we, we put too much pressure on Tyler Perry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He ain't put nobody on. The people that been in his productions, they not famous. All of them can walk through the mall without security. Be what you're going to be, but put your people on. If you a gay person and you in there, put some other gay people on. Put somebody on. Or don't be wondering why people keep saying gatekeepers. Because clearly, y'all are keeping these gates. Clearly. My goal was to get this far in Hollywood and still have a virgin asshole. <laughs> and never have sucked a penis. That was my only goal. I didn't want to get with a white woman because I was scared. She might have me running down the street like Jonathan Majors. Then you come on, cat. Not because I didn't like white women. I think white women are as great as any other women. But I'm not going to act like I'm not scared of them. I have a reason to be scared. You could be Kang the Conqueror and they could take your rabbit ass down in two weekends. And that's the truth of the matter. So I stayed away from that. You see Jonathan Majors, what he went through, Marvel dropped him as soon as the guilty, uh, uh, the conviction came out. And you were telling the Hey, joke. you saw that black woman come get his charge cut in half? Thank you, Megan. Good. God bless you coming to save that slave. <laughs> if he had to be there by himself, he was getting awful. Guilty, 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 guilty. She came in there. was just so beautiful. They had to knock half of it off. <laughs> bless his heart. So Matt Wright, you know, you know him from uh, Wild and Out. He gets canceled for a time. Trying to tell I, a... I never knew him from Wild and Out, to be honest. Okay. I, I, I came across him as a new comic. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'm really just trying to see the comics, judge where they are, see it. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Wilding Out, how difficult was it for Nick Cannon to get you on, and what, what, was, that, what was that experience like? I've known Nick Cannon since he was a teenager. He had to have his...
he, he in the comedy club, if you're underage, you can't be in the regular club. You had to be in the kitchen. Right. So I was the master of the kitchen every comedy place because I got a child and my child is back here in this place while I go on stage. Right. So I've known Nick Cannon since he was 14. Nick Cannon has never called and asked me to do one single thing. And I turned him down because I've known him since he was a young black child in Hollywood. Wow. So um, what I did in Wild and Out was to be his protector and to be his voice um, with hip hop. So the whole thing was the thing that he was trying to do had never been done before. You can't bring six comics in and let six comics talk shit about six rappers because the six rappers will beat the six comics ass. Right. You would have to have a comic that could actually stand in between and go, look, we comics, we gonna say what we gonna say, y'all gonna take it and understand it's a joke. If you want to fight, we fight before the show. So you can go out there with your black eye. <laughs> We're not going to do it comedically. This is what needed to take place right. in order to be, for it to be successful, which is why it had already aired and didn't work. And then suddenly when it comes back with me, it suddenly works. Because respect has to be in there as well. Or if you're trying to do it with Kevin Hart, you and him going to get run over. You, you, you a teenager, he fine too. Like, what's gonna happen? Have you ever spent time in jail? 30 times. <laughs> when, when you was in there, what was going through your mind, Kat? What did, what did, I mean, some people like, man, I had an opportunity to reflect and I was like, man, this ain't the place for me. I ain't coming back here. When you in, so, so what? I've never, I've never been in jail and it was my decision to be there. If, if if it's dangerous to be in the hood and you have to have a gun on you for protection and it's either be judged by six or I mean, judged by 12 or carried by six, I'm always going to have my heater on me. So if you want to tell me that you're going to pull me over 15 times looking for it, I'm going to tell you 15 times you're going to find it. Unfortunately, I smoke cigarettes and weed. If you catch me 15 times, 15 times I'm going to have it on me. What do you think I'm in jail thinking? Oh, I don't fuck up. <laughs> Damn these decisions. I'm not going to protect my life at all when I get out of here. Fuck it. Let them do what they want to do to me. No, no. I, when I'm in there, I'm fine. And I'm understanding that I'm put here for a reason. And the people that get joy off me being in here are really going to look stupid because I'm finna be free. Because you got to be setting this up. I'm never anywhere to get anything. You don't know I just made $300,000 in your city. That's why you think I might be out here as a ne'er-do-well. You think I'm, he's smoking weed. Yeah, he's got a medical license for it. He needs it. It's his only medication. Do you mind if he takes it? It helps him eat. Because he does 19100 city tours flying across the line. And so he doesn't get hungry on the regular. He doesn't get sleepy at night. He's got to literally put himself to sleep. He's literally got to make himself eat. So this marijuana helps him do both of those things. Marijuana well, help you sleep? Oh, yeah. 
Because remember, remember, as a comedian, what you're doing is against your natural timeline. Your natural timeline wouldn't be that you would start your work day at eight o'clock p.m. Right. And then your work day is over at two thirty a.m. Like that's a weird. Yes. Right. So to tell your body now that we're pumped up on endorphins, now let's go to sleep at three. It don't work like that. Your body has to try to get a whole new schedule. So, you know, it suffered, but that's what worked for me. I consistently used it. I told people all across the country, don't worry, this will be legal in our country. As soon as they find out how to charge taxes for it, we will be legal in this country. Do they view me as some sort of visionary for my forward thinking? No. Nope. You on drugs. <laughs> what I heard. <laughs> Cat, but how have you been? I mean, bro, every time they try to put you down, they try to put you to the back. Yeah. You put you bounce up, you move right back to the front. Damn, you I mean, you like a Super Bowl. You just keep bouncing and you bounce higher. Trampoline skin is something that you ask God for. When I watched you play football, you had it. Hmm? There's some people that there's really no such thing as hitting Shannon Sharp so hard that he don't want to run the ball the next play. Right. Absolutely. And if that's your only goal is to hit him so hard that he don't want to be him no more, you just out of luck. Yeah, you wasting your time. There's no, no your coach can't help you. There ain't no pep talk going to help you. <laughs> don't matter about the uniform, your chili. None of that matters. If it ever gets to mano y mano, may the best man win. And if you've been living your entire life trying to be the best man that you can for mm -hmm. yourself, then you should feel great about those odds. You say you smoke a little weed. You don't smoke with Snoop. Yeah. I'm actually a bigger smoker than Snoop. He'll, ah! he'll, he'll tell you that. But I don't. Like, I don't mix anything with my weed. <clears throat> I just do weed, right? So, no, yeah, nobody has... That minimum, I mean, you nobody, gotta... Nobody has... Nobody nobody does 20 blunts a day like me for 30 years. Like, like I was the first person to have a weed roller, like somebody whose job it was. Like, I haven't, I haven't rolled a blunt in 20 years. You probably forgot. Like, if you go... I'm saying I, I prefer the saliva of ladies. Oh, my goodness. No, no. Understand what I'm saying. If For a blunt, it's necessary for yeah, it to get lit. Yeah. Right? And so if you had spent 20 years smoking with dudes, that's a lot of male saliva that you would have just accidentally ingested. I, I can't. But the fire done killed I, I can't be this specimen on that. <laughs> it takes uh, the... The life of nice ladies on that. But yeah, I'm, I'm a, yeah, that's all I do. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.